0: Welcome to the Today is a Good Day podcast, a podcast to give families a new point of support as they navigate the NICU journey. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast and share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. Welcome to the Today is a Good Day podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Tracy Warren. As co-founder and CEO of Astarte Medical, Tracy leverages her business experience to dramatically impact health outcomes in the first thousand days of life through cutting edge data and analytics tools. Previously, she spent nearly two decades as an early stage healthcare venture investor, including co-founding Astarte Ventures, an investment firm focused exclusively on investing in companies with technologies to support women's and children's health and well-being in 2013. Tracy has served on the board of the research arm of Children's National Medical Center in D.C. and Clemson University Research Foundation. So excited to have you here, Tracy. Welcome. Thanks, Martha. appreciate you having me. And we just had some fun together as we just recently delivered over 500 Thanksgiving meals for families navigating the NICU, one of our favorite days of the year, Tracy.
1: No question. No question. It was great to partner together on that.
0: Yes, we're very grateful for your support on that program. So tell us a little bit more about your background. How did nutrition become a focus for your work in the NICU? And tell us a little bit more about Astarte Medical.
1: Yeah, so I'm a finance person, kind of came out of school, really just uh, interested in early stage companies and new technologies to kind of change healthcare. But as my career advanced, I started to get more and more focused on things that I personally was passionate about. And that really led to us forming a fund, looking at investing in women's and infant health, an area that's poorly served from a private investment perspective. Um, And it was through those efforts that I met an amazing nurse, um, my co-founder, Dr. Kate Gregory, who at the time was a bedside NICU nurse at the Brigham and Women's Hospital. Her amazing uh, interest also included being a researcher around necrotizing enterocolitis, which, as you know, is a catastrophic GI disease in our babies. Um, and Kate had a vision that she shared of, of all of this work she was doing in documenting and feeding these babies and trying to get them to grow and go home to their families. And the fact that there was this huge disjointed delivery and getting that data back to make good decisions. Um, and she was incredibly inspirational and really the catalyst for a Astarte Medical, which is now where we serve um hospitals with data and analytics, so software that helps them gather data about feeding and nutrition and help their baby grow more efficiently so they can go home sooner to their families.
0: And does that data, is it it to help with scheduling feeding and and doing that aspect of it or to see how much feeding a baby needs? A little bit of everything. So,
1: um, you know, we think about nutrition and we think about breast milk and we think about donor milk or formula, but there's a whole entire intricate layer of proteins and fats and micro macronutrients and vitamins that these babies desperately need to form their best start in life. Um, and it's all of those minute really granular math and data that is in the electronic medical record in different forms and functions that need to be aggregated in a way. Um, we know that uh, registered dietitians, for example, are spending two to three hour, two to three hours per shift just getting the data back out. Um, and so it's, a, it's all the way from when to feed, how to feed, when to advance feed, when to fortify feeds, the entire sort of um, assessment of how nutrition is not only being delivered, but being received by that particular baby. So intolerances or other challenges that that baby may be experiencing.
0: Well, I have to tell you, this is such an interesting area of the NICU. I know uh, we actually just hosted a, a previous episode talking about human milk fortifier and, and nutrition, but when we were in the NICU, nutrition, feeding schedules, those different types of, of things were not something that I know we thought about as parents trying to navigate through those difficult days. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what nutrition can look like for babies in the NICU?
1: Yeah and I think your experience is is one of most parents um so for example our babies right when they're inside mom before um they come out right they've got this very personalized connection where they're getting you know adequate nutrients in most cases from mom directly right and it's very personalized and it's it's sufficient for most babies to grow and develop preterm infants then that 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 connection is obviously disrupted and we have to manage it through different ways. So initially babies are usually fed intravenous. So IV nutrition or parenteral nutrition, as they call it. Um, And that's usually hanging a bag that's got all kinds of goodness, but the real goal to help babies develop is to use their gut. And so that's where you'll see, especially for our babies under 34 weeks who can't suck, swallow, breathe. There's a tube and it's usually placed down the nose or through the mouth to the gut. And that's where we'll deliver mom's milk, donor milk, any of the different uh, constituents. And often there's a period of both IV and enteral nutrition to meet the targets because fluid management for our babies is essential. Um, And so there are stages of development from intravenous nutrition to enteral. And then obviously the goal is oral. So you can breastfeed or bottle feed and take your baby home.
0: Well, and that's what I remember. I mean, I remember Claire and at the beginning, our daughter Mary being on IV and the goal was to try and get them off of those IV fluids and to get them trying breast milk and to get them feeding, taking a bottle eventually. I mean, they were born very prematurely, but so it took them a while to get there. But um, but I, I do remember that of the end goal, really trying to move away from the IV fluids and get to that. Because that's a
1: risk also of central line associated bloodstream infections. Uh, Parenteral nutrition obviously is delivering the nutrients, but it's certainly not the absorption method that your body is meant to have. And for these babies, getting that gut to function and have that motility is really important. And so yes, getting early enteral feeds is the current thought on best practices. So you know, transitioning safely. Um, But sometimes babies don't tolerate it initially. And so IV may be extended Mm -hmm. just to make sure those nutrients are being developed.
0: Well, as we're talking about this, and like I shared with you, nutrition wasn't necessarily front of mind for us. And we, we talk a lot about questions that we wish we had known to ask when we were in the NICU so many years ago. So I'm gonna ask you, what, what are questions that NICU families should ask when it comes to nutrition for their baby and their scheduling and feeds?
1: Yeah, and I think it's important. Uh, the, the great news is um, every NICU that we've worked with has what's called a feeding protocol, where the, the team has sat down and sort of said, this is when we're going to initiate feeds, this is where we'll advance, this is where we'll fortify, um, and and sort of have, I would say, a set of guiding principles. Um, there's still a lot of assessment and kind of variability in the delivery of that, but there are sort of best practices. And so I think understanding, you know, rates of feeding. So our babies are fed in rates. So it's usually a mil per kilo per day. Um, And this is where all the math comes in that makes your head explode. Right. And usually babies are fed when they're fed enterally every few hours. So a Q3 feed means they're fed every three hours, so eight times a day. So you can ask a lot of questions about what rate your baby is being fed at, and you want to get to what's called full feeds. So that mm-hmm. means they're only using the gut, um, and that means that parental nutrition has gone away, which is a great sign for the baby. So, you know, when's the last time my baby rate advanced or keeping track of what rate your baby is? These are all things that your care team will have available and can share Um, And it's important to look at it and celebrate those, um, that progress that your baby is making in advancing towards full feeds.
0: And I do think as a parent, it's just coming in and saying, I really want to be an active part of the care team. I want you to help me understand all aspects of what this journey looks like for my child. And that includes the feeding protocol. What is it at the hospital, right? Asking what their feeding protocol is and making sure that they're keeping you updated. We talk about it frequently. But making sure that you have some way of keeping track of that information. We provide a journal in our care packages. Other people like to use an app or notes in their phone. But definitely finding a way to make sure that you're tracking all of those notes from the medical team so that you can refer back to them. And you can see those milestones. We still look back at our journal and go, oh, my goodness, we kept track of Claire's weight every single day all 103 days that she was in the NICU and it was just so rewarding to look back on that. And of course, once you get to full feeds, you hopefully are closer to going home once you hit that milestone. Exactly.
1: And I think that's it a, l- a lot of focus is on weight and weight is certainly important, but length, head circumference, your baby should be growing symmetrically, right? So I know there's a lot of um questions and anxiety for parents. But I think to your point, celebrating those small wins, right? Um, you know, looking at those different progress markers. The other thing I would say for parents is too, you you see your baby and know your baby better than anyone on that care team. And looking at things like intolerance, are you seeing spit up in the tube? Are you seeing your baby act more lethargic? Um, obviously, our babies can't communicate with all the tubes and, and um, kind of you know, connections to them. Um, but do you notice a difference? Because those are all signs that could be very helpful for your care team, either on rounds or in talking to your nurse um, in saying, you know, look, we've advanced feedings and I've noticed the baby's kind of a little more lethargic. Those are very important assessment considerations for your care team. So to your point about being active, sometimes it's the, it's the cues that parents and family notice Um, that may be nuanced that can really help look at things like intolerance um, and whether or not a baby is, for example, we have hypoallergenic feeds for babies who may not be tolerating, you know, um, formula or, you know, particular additives in the milk. And so if things have changed, it's good to know that as a parent so that those signs and symptoms can be, you know, easily connected as puzzle pieces.
0: That's such an important piece to share. And to help families know, you can always advocate. Never be scared to share your thoughts. You know your baby. Many parents, they're there all the time. Make sure you share that feedback and what you're observing with the medical team, because you as parents are a core part of that team taking care of your baby. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you talk to us a little bit about when we, when we look at nutrition and there are so many different members of the medical team, you mentioned a uh, new nutritionist earlier, you know, we have nurses and lactation consultants and neonatologists and nurse practitioners, but how do the different members of the medical team really play a role in the baby's nutrition?
1: Yeah. And the great thing is, I think, um, you know, these teams are very well coordinated and you'll have your rounding team. So, so I'm going to start from the nurses, right? So they are often delivering the feed, right? So I mentioned being fed, for example, every three hours. Um, Usually they're doing that via a syringe. So they either have, you know, mother's milk, donor milk, or they're delivering formula. The syringe goes through the tube to the baby's gut. So they're usually the front line next to the parents recognizing tolerances Making sure the feed is is fully delivered, um, and you know capturing all of that data. So they are really that kind of delivery frontline um, member of the team. Um, moving up to sort of the the RD or the registered dietitian or nutritionist, she or he is usually the one running the calculations. So I call them our numbers jockey. They are really looking at. Protein from your intravenous, protein from your enteral. Did the baby get enough protein from all sources to meet their targets? So they are usually very deep into the calculations and adding together these different components to see if your baby is keeping on track and on target. And they then make recommendations. So they're the in-house expert on nutrition, recommending to the prescribers, so that's your NNPs and your a neonatologist what they believe is the best um, course of action. And so the great news is a lot of centers have one or more dedicated registered dietitians or nutritionists. However, a lot of community centers or smaller centers may not. And that's where I think there's an opportunity for technology to support teams where you don't have that in-house 24 seven expertise. Um, And then lactation consultants are great because they support moms. Obviously, mother's milk is, you know, liquid gold and certainly the standard. I do want to say, though, to moms who can't uh, produce milk or choose not to, the beauty of our system is that we have ways to support these babies through, you know, donor milk plus the nutrition to try to meet um, that. And I don't want a lot of kind of burden to fall to moms who can't. But lactation consultants are a huge part of this team in supporting moms, um, because your milk is coming in maybe a little early. Um, Mother's milk is very different when you're a preterm infant's mom. Um, It's a little less mature than say a, a donor, which is likely from term infants. And so there's a lot of considerations also that the registered dietitians do in looking at fat content and other things for that milk. So it's a really intense process. And the difference for our babies is it's a very long game, right? You don't know in a couple of hours if you made the right decision on nutrition. And so that process is repeated and reviewed consistently and throughout the stay.
0: That's so interesting. So how do families know if their baby's on track as they're going through the NICU?
1: Yeah. You get a beautiful little growth chart. So that's, um, you know, you've all seen them with the beautiful. And again, everybody wants their child in the 90th centile. It's not true. Um, You want your baby to to stay on track in uh, his or her growth trajectory. So if your baby was born at the 25th centile, that's probably because you're of small stature and that's perfect. And as long as she or he stays on that 25th centile, you're doing great. Um, some centers use a term called Z-scores, um, which tend to look at deviations from the mean. Um, and that also is a quick kind of cheat to help to see as long as your Z-score stays the same. Um, again, you want to celebrate those, um, those progress points. Um, and if there is a kind of growth faltering or you start to fall off that growth curve, that's really where you'll start to see things like fortification, additional types of um, diet and base being added to try to get that baby back on track.
0: All right, so what is your most important piece of advice to help families take an active role in nutrition for their baby? Ask questions.
1: Ask questions. Uh, You know, it is it is something nutrition is fundamental, not just in the in the NICU, but when your baby goes home, you're laser focused on feeding your baby, um, honestly, for your, the first thousand days, so that's conception to age two, you're obsessed with making sure your baby gets adequate nutrition. And so I would encourage parents while they're in the NICU, while they're not responsible for the delivery of that nutrition per se, to really play an active role in understanding it, and to understanding when that baby goes home, what is necessary to maintain that progress.
0: Mm-hmm. And that extends past the NICU. I mean, I remember when Claire came home, she it took her a long time to make the the full term chart for mm-hmm. the, being such a premature baby. And she needed some extra support for calories and to help gain weight and to, to really grow and become strong. And um, I, we asked a lot of questions to mm-hmm. her pediatrician. So those empowering yourself in the NICU just helps you to be empowered as you graduate from the NICU and you go to your pediatrician and start meeting with them as you continue to care for your baby for sure.
1: Yeah. And I would say that's a great point, Martha, because I would say pediatricians don't focus as much on nutrition, right? It's vaccinations. It's, it's weight. It's sort of some of the standard early life um, milestones, but keep a journal as you said, or keep track of what your baby's, um, taking in whether you you're still breastfeeding whether you've transitioned all of those things are important things and force the conversation with the pediatrician because nutrition is the most modifiable risk factor we have for our kids long-term health right and it's both over nutrition and under nutrition and really start to use that because you set your child up for that long-term success even if they started as a preemie they can catch up and thrive and and um, it's really about that active engagement in those first few years to set that that baby on the right course.
0: very good point. And we've talked in past episodes. In fact, we spoke with Dr. Andy Lubell from Lochman and Lubell, True North Pediatrics about finding the right pediatrician. So some of that comes into play as well, making sure that you find and find a pediatrician who's familiar with, Babies who may have been born prematurely had a lengthy NICU stay. So you have the right to ask those questions and to interview the right pediatrician to make sure you're finding someone that you're comfortable with and you feel as though you're a good team post-NICU, which is really important.
1: Yeah, I would also encourage parents to ask employers. So there are now, I would say, better, not great, but better benefits around um, lactation consultants, teleconsults. Um, You can also do the same for registered dietitians and nutritionists with certain recommendations. So if you are struggling, get that extra support. Don't carry the burden as a parent, you know, really reach out. And often those services are, in fact, covered by insurance and can be supported. Um, And I think that's really where, you know, parents um, are not alone. And it is an opportunity to really, you know, um, invest the time and energy now because it does help those babies catch up and start to um, get on that, that sort of term curve earlier. Um, But don't try to do it alone.
0: That is a great tip for listeners is to check with your insurance to see what benefits you do have available. So anything else you'd like to share today, Tracy?
1: Um. I would say that I think parents are a huge part of this. Um, we work primarily with hospitals and providers, but we find that parents are our best source of information. So go on rounds if you can, when your baby uh, is in the NICU, ask questions um, and really feel empowered that nutrition is one of the things in your baby's life that will be a constant um, and something that you can you know, really celebrate success in. Um, and we hope that's a great part of your journey.
0: And I know you have some tips and uh, resources for parents on your website. So can you share where families can find more information?
1: Absolutely. So we're at uh, www.nicutrition.com. So that's N-I-C-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com. And we have a parents resource page and it talks about a lot of the calculations and a lot about the challenges and the different roles Um, of the team members. So please check it out, um, and we'd love to hear from you if you have questions.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the work that you are doing for families like ours and so many others to help improve outcomes for babies who are experiencing the NICU. It really means a lot to us, and we're so grateful for our partnership. But thanks for being here today, Tracy, and thank you to everyone for listening.